This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 116, Why Americans Are Pet Crazy. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, where you'll finally get real native English conversation and fluency for business and life. We believe in connection, not perfection, when it comes to learning English. Now, here are your hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Aubrey Carter, the IELTS whiz, coming to you from Arizona and Boston, USA. Americans are crazy about their pets. In this episode, learn all about designer dog culture and how Americans view their animals. Listen in to compare this with your culture today. Wondering about your fluency level? Take our simple English fluency quiz and find out if you're 50% fluent, 65% fluent, or 80% fluent. Plus, get ready for an exciting new course release coming up in early June. Learn from real English conversations so you can finally get competent. Take the quiz at allearsenglish.com slash fluency score. Hey there, Aubrey. How's it going today? Hi, great. How are you? We just got back from Mexico a couple days ago. Oh, yeah, that's right. How was your trip to Mexico? It was amazing. It's the best place to go with kids because you've got the beach right there. There There's so many resorts in Mexico where you're right on the water, and it's quite inexpensive, at least compared to California, which is our other option. And then you're just immersed in the culture. And I had some amazing opportunities to speak Spanish. I was going to ask, yeah. I think for the first time... You know, people were um, responding to me in Spanish, and I was able to have these great conversations instead of responding in English because their oh, English was so much better feeling. than my Spanish. Oh, it was awesome! It felt amazing. That's fantastic. Wow, it's, you sound very refreshed, and you know, you I sound am. like you've been traveling. So that's a really good feeling, right? It is right. Some trips you come back and you're like, oh, I need a vacation from that, especially <laughs> right. if you take kids with you. This yeah. wasn't that way because we could just relax Wonderful. on the beach while the kids play. It was ideal. Oh, that's fantastic! I love it. Well, when you were in in Mexico, did you see any street dogs? <laughs> yes. When yes. you first cross the border in Sonoita, there are so many dogs street everywhere. Dogs. Yeah, yes. I saw a lot of street dogs in Nicaragua. I've seen them in Cambodia a little bit, but a lot in Central and South America, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's come every time we go down there. We'll, we notice a bunch of dogs. They all they look pretty mangy and wild. Mangy. I- <laughs> That's a great expression. What does that mean, mangy? <laughs> Just you know, a, a dog who's a pet in a home usually has like a nice shiny coat looks like they've had a bath recently these dogs on the street that usually don't have an owner they're just kind of you know making do um, haven't had a bath in a while have you know could use a a cut so their hair kind of looks crazy they look pretty dirty and yeah we use that word mangy even though I think mange is an actual like disease that dogs I think so too right where they're losing Mm -hmm. their fur but we use it more generally for any dog that looks like it needs a bath. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of interesting in English, just as a bonus for our listeners, when we use a word that actually means something more serious, but we use it more, more casually. 
Right. So that is true. I would say that too about a street dog. They look mangy, like their hair is all messed up, their fur is mm-hmm. all messed up. They look like maybe they have some sores or some problems, some health issues. Right. And they're just begging right. for food, probably. Yeah. yeah. And this yeah. would be interesting if you hear a dog described as mangy and you know the word mange means an actual disease that dogs suffer from. Yeah. You would likely think that that person is saying this dog has mange. Right. Nope. We just use it to mean they look kind of <laughs> sorry. Like they do. You're so They confusing. look a little scruffy. We're so confusing. So in today's episode, though, I'm excited about this. Such a good topic is why are Americans so obsessed with their pets? Right? Um, Did you have pets when you were growing up? We did. um, I wouldn't call them pets. I always said I never had a pet because I lived on a farm and we had a bunch of animals outside, dogs and lots of cats, but they were wild. They were feral. They were like mousers. They would Mm -hmm. go and get mice. They weren't tame. They would never be allowed in the house. They wouldn't allow us to hold them or pet them. So they're basically like the street dogs (laughs) in Mexico on the farm. So we didn't really think of them as pets. And that's a great bonus word. Again, we're getting a lot of good bonuses today here, Aubrey. Feral. A feral is just a wild. It just kind of means wild, right? Just a wild animal, a wild cat that's never been uh, domesticated. Right? That's the word. Yeah. Yeah, that reminds me a little bit of my grandmother because my grandmother lived with us when from the time I was like 10 to 18 and we had cats and we loved our cats. And every time the cats would walk into her room, she would say, get those barn animals out of here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. This past summer, we went to Idaho to visit and my poor daughter, she's seven. She would love to hold the cats and play with them. Yeah. She would try and they would like hiss and scratch at her. <laughs> We're like, well, these aren't the kittens you can play with. I'm sorry. So clearly there are two pet cultures or two cultures around animals in the United States. Mm-hmm. There's the wild barn animal type of thing. If you live on a farm, they are your animals. But did you consider them your animals? Would you say? I mean, yes. You know, we fed them. We put yeah. food out for them. And and they um, it was a symbiotic relationship, especially with the cats. Because if you don't have mousers, then we would have mice in the house there on okay. the farm. Okay. Um, so we fed them and, and there was, there's some loyalty there. You okay. just, you, it's not the pet you would hold and, and pet. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. And then the other side of American pet culture is the polar opposite of that, where dogs are right. literally being taken to the hairstylist and getting their right. fur poofed up and yes. <laughs> they carry them around on. in a purse. <laughs> oh, this is an industry and it's insane. I mean, we're kind of on that end. We're not that crazy with our dog Kiefer, um, but he's about a year and a have and I love him so much. We take him to Camp Bow Wow, which is daycare, doggy daycare, because you can't leave a dog in a house for two days, you know. He has to be fed and taken outside. So yeah, what do you think about the general attitude towards Americans and their pets and this in this side of things? Yeah, it is interesting having grown up the way I did, where it was a different mentality toward animals and they didn't come in the home. That has sort of stuck with me. My poor kids would love to have a pet that we have in the house that they can love and hold. And it's just not in me. But we have neighbors and they all, just like you with Kiefer, they have dogs that they that are part of the family. They're just like a family member. They're in the home all the time. If you have a pet in Arizona, they have to live in your home. It's too hot really for them to 
survive outside. So oh, all sure. pets here are indoor and yeah. um, they do, they love them and they, and luckily my kids can go visit their pets and play with them. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. It is fun. I always wanted a dog so badly when I was a kid. We had cats and that was great, but there's something about dogs. It's just so special because when you get home, they are ecstatic to see you. <laughs> yes. Whereas the cat's like, oh, you were gone. Oh, you're, yeah, yeah. I don't care. Right. It's right. so cool to watch your dog. Like Kiefer, he'll wiggle his butt. He'll run around the Aww. house and wiggle his little butt and run. He'll just be so excited to see me, which is so amazing. Cute. It's this unconditional love. You know, yes. uh, your dog loves you no matter what, no matter what happens, no matter who doesn't like you at that moment, your dog loves you. They don't know the difference. And that's yeah. refreshing. It's a very special kind of relationship, I think. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. And yeah. I think that is why people start feeling like they're a part of the family because there is yeah. that unconditional love. It's like a baby, right? Yes. They, they can't take care of themselves. So there's that too. You're putting in time and love and that creates the bond as well. Mm-hmm. But for them to have this loyalty, and mm-hmm. I think it depends on the breed too. I've heard some breeds of dogs are especially loyal that way. Yes. Um, yeah, but yeah I, I can see where that just really creates a bond. Yeah, different breeds are different, but dogs have needs, right? I know my dog Mm -hmm. needs to play with another dog at least once a day. So when we go Mm -hmm. for a walk and if for whatever reason he can't stop and play with a dog, he wants to wrestle the dog, he wants to bite its neck and just play biting, right? If he can't, he's kind of a little neurotic during the day, right? Because he's lonely. It's almost like a human being, like he needs interaction. He needs that social interaction. It's so And that depends on the dog. I have a good friend who has a dog that loves humans and needs humans to hold them and pet them, but hates everything. Every dog. This yes. dog will just bark and you have to keep them on a leash because they oh, no. it would attack every other dog, just oh, hates other no. dogs. That's the worst. Well, what do you think about this concept of the designer dog, Aubrey? Have you heard about this? So do you mean um, like someone who cares a lot what their dog looks like, taking them to the no. spa, that kind of thing? No, I don't no. know what that so is. Then. I'm talking about it something that was trendy. Is trendy kind of, you know, in, in 2014, 13, 14, 15 was the concept of the designer dog, which means that people breed specific breeds together to create a mix of of a dog. So, for example, yes. my brother had this. He had a, a mix of a pug and a beagle, and they call it a puggle. Uh, there are Labradoodles, a mix of a Labrador and a Poodle. I, I could go on and on and on. It's a big trend in the United States, but I think we're actually moving away from this. We're going to move away mm. from this in the future because it's so expensive. And actually, these dogs are not that healthy. Oh, really? I didn't know that. My neighbors have a Labradoodle that's the sweetest dog. But is it because of the sort of mixed breed makes it less healthy? 
it's because of the intentional breeding. I don't know about labradoodles. They may be different. They may be okay. But I know a lot of like uh, a friend of a friend mm. of mine has a she is a mix of a I think a lab or a golden and something else. I can't remember. But anyway, she has this like weird tooth and she always drools and she makes noise. It's because mm. she's so it's like overbreeding. It's oh, the overbreeding. Yeah. Whereas the other trend in pet ownership in the US is really just adopting rescuing. And that's actually that right now that's kind of got more of a more respect from most yes. people. Like if you adopt, you rescue a pet, it's respectable. It's what people want to be seen as. as well, the and it that makes rescued. sense because yep. there's so many dogs that need homes. Yeah. And so to go and intentionally breed an, a new dog so that you have this fancy, yeah. expensive dog, it's it's the same, you know, as yeah. uh, there's so many things we can compare it to, like mm-hmm. um, buying expensive fashions just to show that you have the money to buy these expensive fashions, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It feels a little bit like that's why you're doing it. Whereas someone who rescues a dog that's very altruistic like clearly yes you want a dog but also you care about creating a home for this dog that didn't have one exactly and you also end up with a healthier dog i mean my dog is a mix my dog is a mix of i think like eight different breeds he's got lab he's got aussie he's got border collie he's got even a little um german shepherd but he's healthy because you have all that intermixing it actually makes a healthier dog it's really was he a rescue or you adopted him how did that work? he was a rescue actually so we did we rescued him as an actual puppy he had been fostered he had been found in oklahoma in a barn actually (laughs) Um, someone's barn and then he was rescued brought to the rescue and Colorado and then with his mom for the first eight weeks and then taken to a foster care and then we came and we, we saw him online we put some money down and went and met him and all the red flags went up he was a little bit of a shy dog but they kind of were like do you want him or not and so we're like okay I guess we want him <laughs> I love that because some you know some of us me included I think would mm-hmm. be very hesitant to, like it would have to be the perfect situation so I love that you were like yeah. even though this is going to take some work and it's not the perfect yeah. situation we can do this we can provide a home for this dog. That's that's awesome. Exactly. And the other, the last thing I'll just say about American dog culture is that there really aren't any wild dogs in the U.S. We talked about wild dogs that you see when you travel abroad. It's weird in the U.S. if there is a dog wandering around that's wild or doesn't seem to belong to anyone. No, that's true. Right? Yep, that, yeah. Even in Idaho on our farm, mm-hmm. right? Our, our cats and our dogs, if they just wouldn't go to someone else's home. Like they still, even though they're feral or they're just kind of farm dogs, they're not as much of a pet. They very much were ours. They wouldn't, just like yeah. wander the streets, you know, exactly. so it just exactly. doesn't happen. Because if you're if you're feeding them and creating them home for them, even if they don't come inside, yeah. they're still not going to like wander to someone else's house or wander the in the road. I, yeah, exactly. That's why I think this is a great topic for our listeners. Guys, we want to encourage you to come back to our blog and search for this episode. This is episode 116. And leave a comment on the blog about the pe- you know pet culture in your country. Are there wild dog, wild animals? Do you have a pet? Did you have a pet? Tell us about all this through the lens of your culture. I would really love to know about that, Aubrey. Yes, I would be so interested. We had an interesting experience in Idaho. We, My daughter wanted to play with those feral cats. Mm-hmm. And so we thought about getting a kitten. And mm-hmm. I could not, it was just like you're saying with the dogs, that cats are also bred and very expensive. They were like these yes. rare breeds was all you could buy. It's just oh. fascinating. There's so much that goes into pet culture in a country. There's, there's and I so would much. love to know from our listeners, is it is it the same where you live? 
I know. I mean, we got to wrap up this episode. Honestly, I feel like I could talk about dogs and pets for an hour, but we'll, <laughs> right. we'll, we'll finish it up right here. And Aubrey, thanks for hanging out with me on the show today. It's always good to have you on the podcast. Yes, you too. I'll see you next time. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, follow our show wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.